Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for you to meet our guest today, the amazing Linda Wells, who also calls herself the Wellness Warrior. She is on a mission to create a wellness rebellion by teaching people how to assert personal agency by reclaiming themselves through adaptable yoga, which I think is why I wanted her on the show today. She recognizes that stress may be an unavoidable part of our lives, so she draws upon her in-depth study to help her students develop resilience in the face of modern life demands. And the demands are real these days, right? So I asked Linda on during this month, which is definitely going to turn into a little bit longer. We have a few more episodes to go of meeting my teachers. And Linda is a new teacher. She's somebody who I actually found during the pandemic when I was looking for online teachers. And I was also looking for somebody to teach during the Make December Matters experience. And I just wanted somebody who really understood the idea of slowing down and really had this desire to make yoga accessible to everyone. And that is when I found Linda and she lives not too far away from me, even though I found her on Google and I just love her energy. So I wanted you to meet her. So we're going to get her on in one minute. But before we do that, I just have a few things I want to share, both announcements and a little bit about yoga. So first off, yoga. Yoga is something that has been an important teacher to me. Yoga itself has been a really important teacher. So I'm having Linda on because I really wanted to have somebody to have a conversation about yoga with. And she's an amazing teacher. And I also want to honor all the amazing teachers that I've had over the last 20 years, each who serves their own really unique purpose. Yoga is such a inside game, even though it really does. I mean, I feel so good when I do yoga every day. I just, I feel amazing in my body. I feel stretched. I feel exercised. I feel in touch with my body. I would say yoga over any other form of movement makes me feel my best on a daily basis. And I fully admit that I love, love, love doing yoga in a very hot room, which obviously has not been possible because I don't crank up my heat. So it has not been possible since the pandemic. And I, I miss it. I really miss it. And actually, as we're heading out, I realize this week, as I head into my birthday, one of the things, one of the gifts I really want to give myself is the gift of going back to hot yoga and experiencing that feeling in my body again. So I'm super excited to make that, put that on the schedule um, for when it feels really safe for me to do that. So I'm super excited about that. And it's just got me thinking about just all the amazing humans who've come into my life as yoga teachers and how every class I explore new pieces of my body and how it moves, but also different places in my heart and 
my head, and just it's such an all-encompassing practice. And I hope everyone has the opportunity at some point to dive into it for themselves. It's been a really important teacher to me. So that is how it ties in to this month where I'm really highlighting all my teachers. But I just want to acknowledge that Linda's definitely a teacher and she exists among probably, I probably have 46 amazing yoga teachers who I've learned from over the last 20 years. Um, and I just, each one has been amazing um, in his or her own right. So I just want to acknowledge that. So that brings me to this idea of teachers. I'm still over on Instagram. The drip has been a little slower than I planned. It's interesting. I really want to give so much, I want to say the right words, the right words of gratitude to each one of my teachers who's been just had so much meaning in my life over the past, mostly all the teachers are in the past 12 years, some in the past 20 years. And so it's been slower. It's just been a slower process for myself to write down my gratitudes and then to then boil those out into something I want to share with the world. So I'm doing it. I'm still going to get to 46 teachers. I'm still determined it's going to happen, let's say, within at least the Gemini time frame. So I'm a Gemini. My birthday is on the 30th of May. So I think that that piece starts on the 20th. So we'll go into June. We're going to keep talking teachers. But do go check out Instagram. There's definitely some posts there. Um, that They all say meet and then a name, and that introduces you to a teacher. And if you have a discussion in those posts, you will be added to a giveaway um, that I will be giving away. I'm going to give away one on my birthday, and I'm going to give away one at the end of the 46 teachers. So just come join the conversation. It should be super fun. Any posts that are from the first meet the, the person post to, I, I think the first person is meet Kim John Payne, and then we'll keep going into the 46 teachers. You leave comments. We add you to the to the to the pot, you know, right? We'll pull a name out of the the virtual pot, um, both on my birthday and at the end. And if I'm feeling really generous, which I often do, maybe we'll do it again. Um, the new flow planner is coming out soon. So I really will want to, I just want that in as many hands as possible. So that will definitely be part of the giveaway. All right. So go check out Instagram. Again, it's plansimple.co is our handle on Instagram um, and join that conversation. So then you're going to find out when you go to Instagram, but I'm also going to tell you a little bit now, and actually yoga ties into it. In July, July 12th to be exact, so it's the week after the break that many of us might take for the 4th of July here in the U.S., and I am hosting camp. So if you've been to any of my experiences, um, the one that I most consistently host is called Make December Matter. It's in November, and it's really about slowing down as we head into the holidays. And so I was thinking about what that would look like for this summer, what experience I could do. And so we decided to host Flow Camp, and I am so excited. And it's basically going to be a whole week. It's going to be five amazing days. And the purpose of it is to really take pause, slow down, and just acknowledge this amazing transition that we are in. We are in a big transition as we head out of the pandemic 
and into what I think life will be in the fall. I feel like the summer's this like in-between time where, yes, things are getting back to normal. Yes, things are picking up. Um, and summer is never quite the routine that the fall is. And so I feel like mid-July is a perfect time to really learn some tools. And all these tools, they're going to be things that you may have known before. Maybe they're things you get to practice or dive deeper into. And they're all meant to help us pause and help us quiet down and help us really understand what's next. And also how to lean into just having fun this summer and relaxing this summer and unwinding this summer from the craziness that has been the last year plus, because it's been a crazy ride. And we've really, many of us have really been in survival mode. And so this is a pause to figure out what it would look like to get out of survival mode, to maybe take some of what we learned from this time, the pieces that were wonderful, the pieces that were quiet, the pieces that felt like a pause, and bring them into the busier time of fall. So we are going to have things like yoga every day. So if you are excited by my conversation with Linda about yoga, there will be yoga at camp. There will be movement. There will be learning, all sorts of learning. There will be community events. There will be all sorts of like moving your body and doing crafts and making plans around different aspects of your life. It's going to be so fun. And I'm so excited for you to meet the teachers who I, for fun, for camp, get to call counselors. I'm so excited about the camp counselors. So it's five days, as I said. The first day is all about food. We're going to have cooking classes. Oh my gosh, so good. If you listen to Tess's episode, Two weeks ago, Tess is going to be teaching us how to cook like live. You're going to be in your kitchen with ingredients we'll give you, and you'll actually cook some things. We have amazing guests who will come on and talk to you about things like cravings and hormones and really help us understand why it is that we need to eat what we're we're wanting to eat or you know all the different pieces about food. So I'm super excited. That's day 1 is about food. I put it on day 1 so that perhaps you could even make some food that you have for the week. We'll have lots of suggestions about that as well. Tuesday is called presence, not as in like a present you receive, but presence as in being present, being in the moment. And that is going to be, oh my gosh, I'm super excited for that day. Talk about tools that will carry you into the fall. Wednesday is about entrepreneurship, and we'll have some like really juicy, live, actionable content on that day. So there's going to be things you can learn, like about budgeting and about all the things, all the like law, law things <laughs> about all the legal systems that you can get in order in your business if you have a business. And there's also going to be sessions like how to create social media for two weeks of vacation so you can actually unplug. And we're going to actually do that together so that you, by the end of the day, have your two weeks of social media. We are going to have a networking session so you can meet other people and have people to partner with when the fall starts. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So, so excited. On Thursday, it's going to be about motherhood. And we have some 
fabulous people on that day, including just so many good people. So I'm not even going to spoil it. You're going to get all the details once you sign up, but we're really going to look at motherhood. And I feel like this is an area that's super important to look at right now because we had to show up at a level that many of us weren't expecting to have to show up at during this pandemic time. And so it's like, well, what are we going to take from that? And where do we need to really calm our nervous systems? Where do we need to really support our kids as they go back into this new world? Where do we really need to support ourselves? It's going to be a great day, great conversations. Super excited for that. And then on Friday, it's going to be about play because it's camp. And I think one of the things that's happened in this year is that we're all, you know, we've used all of our different energies. <laughs> and for many of us, just being able to get back to play, just to give ourselves a break is going to feel like just really good. And all the projects we have around play are also going to be super useful because that's how I roll. And we're going to figure out different ways you can include play in your the rest of your summer with your kids and bring it into fall. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And there's a street cleaner going by my house right now, but that's okay. We're going to keep rolling with it because that's what we do around here. So that is camp. And just from what I explained to you, like that was like maybe a fifth of the stuff that's happening. So you're going to go to plansimple.com slash camp and you can see a sampling of classes. Um, we'll, we'll keep putting more and more finalized schedule as it comes about. But what you will notice is there's probably way more in a day than you feel like you have time for. And that's okay. So Basically, that's how camp works, right? When you go to camp, there's like all these choices you can have and you choose the five periods that you're going to do during the day. Sometimes actually at camp, you don't get to choose. Like it's just put on the board for you and you keep your fingers crossed that you don't get swim at seven o'clock in the morning. And this time though, you get to choose. And we're going to talk you through all the different ways you could do this. If you need to be at work that week for at least part of it or all of it, we'll show you how to do camp before and, you know, at the very beginning of the day and the very end of the day. If your kids are in camp and you have a little bit more flexibility because you're an entrepreneur and some of this might actually really help your business, then you can do it during the day while your kids are at camp. Um, there's, if you have kids home, we'll show you some ways that you can tune into some of this while they're around. And we'll even show you some of the things that maybe you can loop them into. So it's really flexible. And also, if you've never been part of my experiences, the way that they work is they're free. So you go sign up, you get in for free. And because there's so much content and you could, we're doing this in a week because I just feel like the energy of that is so good. And you might want to redo some of this stuff and you might want to spread it out over a couple weeks. So don't worry, we have a way for you to do that. So just go grab your seat and then we'll take care of all that. Grab your place, your seat. It's not really a seat. I hope that you will take your laptop or your phone or your tablet out into your yard during camp and, you know, really have a outside experience for part of it. Take your phone to the park, go out on your porch, um, just whatever, like move around during the day. We're going to, we're going to tell you all these things as it gets closer. So don't worry, you don't have to retain all this, but really I'm excited for this. So go sign up, plansimple.com slash camp. And I can't wait to see you there. All right. That was a lot of announcements. So let's just get the amazing Linda Wells on the podcast and 
see what she has to say about yoga. This is such a fun conversation. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Hi, Mia. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I was telling you before we hit record that yoga has been such an important piece of my life really since the beginning of like what I call like, I don't know, the the latest version of my journey for the past, you know, well, 20 years. And um, I've never had a conversation about it on the podcast. I mean, I've touched on yoga, but I've never like fully dedicated a conversation to yoga. So I'm super excited for today. Awesome. And, And actually it's funny because we've never met in person, but you live in the town that I used to live in. And so you know that 20 years ago, I don't know if you were around here 20 years ago, but like there weren't yoga studios. So when I first found yoga, there was like all these like Buddhist, you know, houses (laughs) that you could go to. And like some yoga teacher would teach in the basement. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's how it all started. And it was so relaxing that I got addicted. And there was also, I don't know if you ever attended this, but at Harvard, there was a, there was a a Kundalini community. So there was a Kundalini class in that church overlooking the cemetery right across from the movie theater. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, everything was in like churches or, you know, nothing was in a yoga studio, basically. So the first yoga class I went to. Um, here in Massachusetts was Varupa Yoga. That was in a church. It was the Congregational Church in JP. Yep. Awesome. All right. So tell us a little bit about how how you found yoga, like wh- how it came into your life. Um, and like, because, you know, I think yeah. that's an important piece of the story. <laughs> so I, I would say that yoga found me um, at one of the most stressful times of my life. Um, well, every time I've had a stressful experience, yoga showed up. I may not have known it was yoga, but it's yoga. Mm. Um, and when I was a Vista in service to America, working for the Black Ministerial Alliance, I was, I was stressed out being, um, you know, a young adult, just come home from college, trying to find my way. And having these adults around me that were adulting <laughs> and not letting me be myself. Um, so, you know, there was the internet, but it wasn't really the way it is now. Yeah. So I did an internet search and I found this Varupa yoga class. And Zarupa Yoga is, it's a restorative practice, right? All the props, it was started by a woman that um, she was confined to her bed for some time. I Mm. believe she broke her back. And so she learned how to practice yoga with props and lying down. So I would go, I went to that class um, once a week and I learned how to like sleep. And the goal was to actually fall asleep and snore. Snoring was like encouraged. Oh my God. I love that. I brought my mom with me. She was like, I don't know. I'm not good at this yoga thing. I fell asleep. And I was like, Ma, I told you, this is like the goal. Um, So that was that phase of yoga Then I didn't do yoga for a long time. And then I met Leslie Salmon Jones, who is the founder of Afroflow Yoga. I went to a wellness workshop that my uh, life coach was hosting. 
And Leslie was there and she was the first black woman I had ever met that did yoga. And I fell in love with her energy and fell in love with the idea that it was possible that I could be a wellness coach. I could be a yoga instructor. And I was like, can I work with you? Can I be your apprentice? And I worked with her for two years. And um, it was amazing. It was life changing. And then I wanted to know more about the practice. I wanted to understand because I knew that Afro flow was something different. And I wanted to understand the more traditional things that were out there. Even though Leslie taught me that you know, yoga was in Africa, that the mathematicians were not allowed to, to learn the next formula until they, until they mastered their yoga. Mm. Um, so it was in India and Africa. Um, and what you see on the hieroglyphics, it is believed that, you know, with comedic yoga, that that was a type of yoga and that the comedic practice is based on the hieroglyphics. Is in a college, I took a comedic yoga class that I went to a few times, and then you know, social life got in the way because yeah. it was in the e- it was in the evening at the Pan African Studies Department. Interesting. All right, so it's funny because as you were sharing your story, I was thinking back, you know, to these basement classes, which I definitely like. That was my first start but like you I was in my 20s and you know it was kind of hard to get to it was always at the wrong time all the things and um and it was a bunch you know it actually to be fully honest was a bunch of older people so it wasn't like I was meeting my friends at the time and it was a relaxing but I I I guess I didn't stay because it wasn't easy and then it's interesting because now that I'm thinking about it the day that I really decided to make some big shifts in my life, which I talk about quite often. It was the day I really decided to change my food. The first thing I did was go to yoga. It's funny. I don't always think of that, but like, that was like my first step of like, I'm going to just do something to this body of mine, which I'm not treating very well. And I went to yoga and that like in that class, the teacher just I don't know. I, I don't. I just remember being in that class, and I'm pretty shy and introverted, and like definitely don't go introduce myself to teachers at the end of class. But I just went right up to her, and I was like, "I don't know why I'm introducing myself to you, but I think you can help me." And <laughs> I design websites, and if you need one, I'll make you one. Like I just like spewed it all out, and I ended up. She ended up being my first real like food and life coachy teacher, actually. Who and was she? Taylor Wells, who owns Prana, who used to own Prana Yoga. Oh, Taylor Wells, yeah. I know Linda Wells, Taylor, you know. I know, right? It's like all connected. And, and you know, so she was, it was like a, you know, she's still a friend, but she was like a, a brief little blip on my yoga and, and wellness journey. And, but it was my first step. It was like a really important, it was like, you know, a pose within my life. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, so I love that. So let's talk a little bit. And I was thinking of like, we're, you know, over 200 episodes in. So I'm like, why haven't I talked so much? Like Taylor's been on this podcast, but like, I haven't, I'm like, why haven't I talked more about yoga? And I think part of it is that I've always felt like it's a privileged thing. And like, I didn't want to align with that for some reason, even though I was sneaking off and doing it all the time. Like I just, sometimes I didn't even felt feel worthy of the fact that I was sneaking off to yoga for 90 minutes, you know, while I should be working or mothering or all the things. 
So can we just dive into that a little bit? Like what yoga actually might look like and, and let's just like, I love your take on all this. So just talk us through that a little bit. So for me, yoga is a, it's a practice, you know, many people come to yoga for the physical postures, but they stay for the spiritual benefits. Um, and I, as a larger bodied woman, as a woman living in an abundant body, I was challenged by go showing up to spaces um, where, you know, I felt like people were looking at me. One of the reason, one of the things that actually brought me to yoga as an adult, because, you know, I mean, you're 20, adolescent development, technically, you're <laughs> but I was, I was probably in my thirties and I went to a boot camp class and I was doing boot camp and we were on a tennis court and we were doing something called Spider-Man's and the instructor, fitness instructor said, you know, everyone could hear my joints. Like legit, if you were closer to me, you could hear me moving. And it was like, <laughs> and he said, I think you might wanna explore Pilates and yoga and then come back to boot camp. And I didn't think that yoga was like something that was, it wasn't, it wasn't something I thought about. Pilates I thought about because I had seen it in a gym. Yeah. Um, I, I, I knew that they do mat classes. I, I knew more about Pilates because, you know, when you're stuck in the diet culture, you think, you know, the way I'm gonna get skinny is through working on my abs. So right. Pilates, let's go to Pilates. <laughs> um, but Pilates was expensive and I found it to be less accessible, but the reformer, hey, yes. Uh, <laughs> yoga for me is, um, you know, there's no such thing as uh, a, a right or wrong in yoga. I liked yoga because I there was no one yelling at me telling me I was doing something wrong. I liked yoga because it didn't have that acrobatic, that aerobic aspect. I could go in, practice something, work through whatever I was feeling and leave. And it was one of the only places I didn't feel like I had to be an overachiever in and have to show up and produce. And the people that were doing that in the yoga studio, I was looking at them like, uh, what is all of that about? What you got going on in your life that you need to do all of that? You don't have to do a handstand in the front of the room while we're all in child's pose. Like, what is that about? What you got <laughs> oh going God. on? Um, and, you know, for me, yoga can be accessible. I am an accessible yoga ambassador. I believe that you could do yoga wherever you are. You could do it for a few minutes while you're washing the dishes. Um, you could do it while you're ironing. You know, you could do yoga wherever. You could do it in the car. Like that is what I like about it. You can breathe, you can move, and you could be anywhere. And it it could be something you do for a minute. Does not have to be 90 minutes or two hours. 
even though I really enjoy um, hour and a half classes, I just don't always do them. Uh, so I, I, I believe that yoga should be affordable and accessible and that people should not shy away from it because you have a different ability. I think that we all have abilities and we should celebrate our abilities. And yoga for me is a place that you can celebrate all of your abilities, your ability to breathe, your ability to move, you know, like you shouldn't be worrying about, oh, my stomach is so fat here. That's, that's, this ain't the place for it. And in my classes, I want to teach people love and kindness and compassion. This is the place where you should be practicing those things you don't do out in the real world. You know? There's yeah. my little soapbox. <laughs> I love that. Well, and and just like thinking back to how it's played into my life just over the years, one thing that is really important to me is that, you know, when I did had that moment of, of starting, I like continued doing yoga. Like that was my starting moment. But I would say like in my gaining of my health in the first year, which, you know, was 14 years ago, I, I did a lot of yoga. I went to a lot of those. I, I became a hot yoga addict, I fully admit. And I went to a lot of those hour and 90 minute classes. Um, and I didn't do much else. Like I didn't run. I didn't do a rope. Like, and I shed, you know, that was my time when I shed these 65 to 85 pounds. It was kind of, and it wasn't that I, it wasn't that like, that wasn't the important piece for me. Although, you know, it, they weren't my pounds because they had come on in three pregnancies. Um, but one of the things that was most important to me about yoga and that, that journey was that I came to a place of self-acceptance of my body just as it was really quickly. Um, and I believe that's one of the reasons that the weight sort of melted off, or I got to the weight that I was supposed to be, that I was meant to be, that my body was meant to live in was because of all those words of all the yoga teachers of just helping me to honor, like, that I was enough that like my body was, I needed to accept my body just as it was in that moment. And that it was going to be different from day to day. And I had never heard language like that in my life before I started yoga. I mean, for me, yoga was the place where I befriended my body. I mean, I, I have spent a long time rejecting the body that I'm in and always feeling like I have to change it because diet culture teaches you got to change it. Um, there's something wrong with you. Like we live in a society with this dissatisfaction industrial complex that's like, hey, let's find ways to show you that something's wrong with you. Yes. So that we can sell you something. <laughs> you know, like, and yoga was the place where, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I was in work study. And that's how I was able to practice. I know there are more free classes. I'm very grateful that there are more free classes. There are more low cost um, options. But I also think when I was going to those church classes, I could have shown up and be like, I don't have the money. And I think those teachers would have let me practice. Mm. I think um, when you talk about thinking that yoga's for, I, I, what I'm hearing, I heard like for elite people, is that what I heard? I, I just heard felt someone. like it was a privileged place to be that you could like go to yoga and like, and, and sometimes I think that was like the studio aura, you know, like uh, maybe that I was picking up um, or that I had a lot of conditioning that like you couldn't 
leave your life for 90 minutes. Like you couldn't leave your work. You couldn't leave your kids um, to take care of yourself in that way. Like, I mean, that was definitely conditioning that I had to work through over the years. And yoga actually really helped me spending those 90 minutes at yoga really helped me to work through that. And be more present as a parent. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I can probably attribute my best ideas, my most present parenting moments, like my book, like all the things to a yoga class, right? Because it's, it mm. is the rest that we need to be able to function. Yeah, that's the fritty. Um, I was just thinking of something that you were saying. I'm listening. I was listening. I was absorbing what you were saying. So, well, let's, let's talk about like that, that like for, so for anyone who's like, this is sounding cool. Like I want to try this, but you know, life is busy and it isn't. Life is busy, but it's acceptable for you to go to the gym. So some people are like, you know, our society says, Hey, I could go take, go take a gym class. I could go be there for 45 to 50 minutes and people don't, they don't, they don't judge you for that. Yeah. Uh, you can do yoga. You can practice yoga in your home. There are a lot of online options. I would suggest starting out with like 10 minutes. I love that. Find the teachers online that give you that show you what they're going to do. And they say, hey, this is a beginner's class. This is what to expect. Those people also let you know that they're trauma informed and that they are informed about, you know, people's experiences because people want to know what they're going to get before they do it. Yeah. One of my online teachers that I absolutely adore is Dr. Melissa West. Um, Mm. I I suggest everyone check out melissawest.com. I mean, you should check me out too. (laughs) We're going to show everyone how to do that because amazing (laughs) classes. Yeah. So I, I, I enjoy her, her class and I like her because she teaches real yoga for real people. And I, that's what I, my goal is to teach real yoga for real people. Yoga that you can do wherever you show up. Come back to your breath. Come back to loving on your body. Come back to saying, hey, I can do this. And, and you know, yoga is great for chronic pain. It's, it's great for your aging body. My goal is I'm going to be in my 90s teaching yoga for fun because I like teaching yoga. That's my goal is to be old and teaching. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I'm doing this practice so that I can, I can age gracefully. I have, my mother has lupus and, um, I believe, I believe some of I attribute some of it. She will say it too to not living a healthy, active lifestyle. I mean, she worked a job where um, she was in a supermarket. She was on her feet most of the time, but there were things in her environment that she did not feel that she had control over. And some of those things made her sick. Mm. And so yoga is teaching me how to, how to deal with that. I, I have survived three nervous breakdowns where I legit, my body has shut down on me and has said, Hey, you done overdid it. Lay down. Yeah. And, 
And for anyone who either has taken a break due to the fact that we've been in a pandemic or um, has not started a yoga practice yet um, and is feeling inspired by this, one of the most, one of something that I recently learned was I, I did get somewhat addicted to the idea that yoga had to be hot and in a 90 minutes situation. And what that meant was on weeks where work took longer or kids were sick or whatever, I couldn't do it. Like I had to stop. And a lesson that I just got, which was so helpful (laughs) is, um, you know, I've had a daughter who was really struggling um, during this past pandemic time. And one of the things we started doing was this yoga video every single morning. We did it for I think it was 120 days. We never missed teenager? a morning. Is she a teenager? She's a teenager. And oh, look at you, Victoria's mom. You got a teenager to do something with me. Well, but the funny thing is, this is what I'm going to share. So, so it started off that, you know, we figured out that yoga was something that was appropriate to be doing in the midst of this situation. And I was looking for ways to connect with her and there was, we would put, she would put the mat so that they were facing each other. So we would be face to face. And it was a simple practice. It was just 30 minutes. And every single morning I would go down and she would have the mat set up. She would have the heater turned on for me. And we would do this. We did the same practice every day. Like I kept wanting to change videos and she wanted the stability of like the same one over and over again. She created her own Mysore practice. A hundred percent. And it was just like, <laughs> it was just life changing and life giving in the midst of a really like not so great situation. And, you know, it really changed my understanding of like the consist, like the consistency of the practice and like what the practice is. And we were doing, you know, I would fall asleep at the end. Like it was a relaxing, restorative practice. Yes, It was just so good. And so I, I just, I feel like that really showed me that it doesn't have to be complicated. And the cool thing about yoga is that like it, it is one of those things like drinking water that really adds up over time. Like I feel like it's depositing, you know, $5 in a bank account every day or something and seeing what that makes. But I feel like in some of those other situations, like drinking water, putting money in a bank account, you can't see the value and yoga feels really good, like within five minutes. So it's just one of those things that's just such a, I don't know. Just feels like such a win in so many situations. And when it doesn't feel good, it pushes you to inquire about what is this about? Why? Why do? Why do I? Why am I feeling like this? Yeah, in a kind of non-judgmental way, which is something we're yeah. not very accustomed to as as women. <laughs> right. Uh, we're like, I need to figure it out. I need to fix it right now. Yeah. And yoga gives you permission. You don't have to figure it out right now. This is a practice. This is ongoing. It's not something you're going to figure out today or tomorrow. Let's talk about fixing it for a sec. Do you have thoughts on that? Because that's a big one in my world. Everyone's always my trying to fix everything. Fixing it. Um, I mean, I'm very, uh, my boyfriend might say I'm very laissez-faire. Um, I, I have, my North Node is in Virgo, <laughs> <laughs> which means I don't like order. That is some an ongoing um, struggle, but I do like order, but it's just like a, a struggle. Um, but I've learned to let go because I've I spent 30 years, I would say, 
being an overachiever and trying to prove to people that I matter, that I belong, that I deserve to be heard. And my yoga practice has has helped me understand that I don't have to prove myself to anybody, Mm. right? I, I, I deserve to be here. This is my body. I take agency over this body, right? Like this is me. And my 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 rectangle teaches me that this is my box. What you got over there is your material. It's not mine. Your rectangle <laughs> being your being your mat. My my yoga mat, right? I like, love that. Ooh. That's... Me this is my my space. Yeah, what you got going over there. If you choose to do handstands and you kick me, that's gonna be a problem. But <laughs> Um, I don't think that I, I, I don't, I don't approach my practice or my life based on achievements any longer. I I, I get a lot done. I achieve a lot of things. I've managed to be a solo entrepreneur for 10 years and I've never gotten a a loan from any bank. You know, I, I, I've done things for, for myself that I've accomplished, but it's not things that I've accomplished based on setting crazy goals or the idea to achieve it. If I make a form, if I get to form stand after practicing my planks and my step ups, and then I get confident and kick up one day because I got the urge, then I do it. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> it does. Well, and it also gives just gives everybody listening a um just a flavor for the benefits of, of doing <laughs> yoga and just being uh, just trusting your body and your space, which is just a life lesson that if you can move your body <laughs> and give benefit to your body while learning that lesson seems like pretty good use of time. Trust yourself. It's a quest to trust yourself. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So any other thoughts about yoga that we need to share? Any other thoughts about yoga? Um, If you have a body, you can do yoga. Um, And for the yoga teachers that might be listening, you know, check your bias about who shows up that comes in looking differently than you and, and, you know, show up showing what you offer, offering, like giving them your offering without the, your stuff on top of it. This isn't about performing. It's not about, you know, showing everybody what you have, but being able to hold space for your students. Like that, that, that's something I want to say to the, the yoga teachers, because um, as a black woman, I often feel like when I show up places as a black fat woman, as a woman in a larger body, abundant body, I have been in studios where people have ignored me. Mm. And I've been in studios where they assume you don't know what you're doing. And then they give you all the modifications and here use these props, you know, use these things and don't try that because that might hurt you. Okay. Or I've, or people have been overly concerned 
thinking I don't know what I'm doing and they want to do hands on assist. And I don't need you touching me. I'm the only black person in the class. I'm the only fat person in the class. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need your help. Okay. Mm, interesting. Uh, it's interesting because everything that you just share for yoga teachers of like, just hold the space, respect how somebody else is showing up, how they come in. Like, like, I feel like that's advice for every mother and their <laughs> daughters, right? Like, imagine if we could all just do that for our kids. Right. You know, and if that's yoga, you know, which it is, right? Just hold the space, respect the boundaries, like respect exactly where they are. I love that. Respect where they are. Ask them how you could show up for them. And are you prepared to get some advice? Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend that was talking about her her child. She's always giving her child advice and she never wants to hear the advice. She's like, you always take in the hard way. And her daughter's like, well, this is my life. This is how I'm choosing to do. She's like, but you're only 16. Listen to me. <laughs> but I, I, I had, I, as someone that has worked in youth development for 20 years, I'm like, you got to let them, let them be. Yes, you can say all your stuff. It will, they will absorb it eventually. Yeah. It'll show up. But that idea, that idea of holding space has actually been my most powerful mothering tool of all that I think I learned from yoga. So mm -hmm. just because then you can listen openly and sometimes impart wisdom, but at the right moment and, and let them become who they're meant to be, which is all any yoga teacher is trying, should be trying to help us do <laughs> as, yeah. as she or he is teaching us a yoga class. All right. I, I think that, um, that thing about holding space and for people that are like, what does she mean by hold space? Yeah. Talk about that. Hold space means to be there for people, allow them to take up. There's I've been learning this new, th new term called brave space. And as a poem, I probably, I'm going to share the poem, uh, but brave spaces, we can't provide people with safe spaces, but we can provide them with space for them to be courageous, to give people that don't always have a voice an opportunity to speak up or to do things for themselves. Back to that personal agency part. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have wounds. We've caused people wounds, but we're all here. And our job is to understand that we're not perfect. The space won't be perfect but we can hold this space together mm. as a place for us to be brave and courageous and speak our truths and listen to other people because we don't often have opportunities to have big feelings. Like people don't let us have big feelings. When you're a baby, they don't let you have big feelings. You're not allowed to cry. If you cry, someone picks you up and shakes you. And then you think, you know, when I'm being shaken, I'm not supposed to cry. Holding space means that that baby's crying. Let them know you're you're there. Be close to them. And 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 help them figure out what it is they need, and offer it to them. Right. I love that. You offer the breast. You offer some food, and they let you know that's not what I want. Holding space is all right. You that's not what you want. I'm not going to keep forcing things on you. You got to stop forcing things on each other. 
and just be there with each other. I love that. I I love that. And I do feel like that has been my most useful toy tool actually in, in work and in, in parenting and in, and in being a, a, a white, like in being within a partnership with a, in a, you know, a romantic relationship like that has been the hardest thing to do. I think as a human <laughs> to <laughs> allow others to be themselves and on their mat. <laughs> um, on their rectangle. <laughs> I know. Well, I love the visual of a rectangle. I think I'm going to use that whenever I'm feeling like going into someone else's space, I'm going to be like, Nope, they're on their mat. <laughs> all right so I want you to read your poem but before we go into that we or or I don't know if you have your poem but if you do I would love you to read your poem but but will you talk a little bit just because you've referenced it a few times um just what you what wisdom you can tell us about being in a big body and and being in a different body and that being okay like that not being a bad thing, even though our society is always telling us to fix things. To and, fix it, to change it. You know, and, and the patriarchy is always, you know, has made us believe that we're supposed to be Barbie, which is, and none of us really believe that anymore, I don't think, yet we still prescribe to all these things. Oh, they still do. I, I The diet trauma is real. Yeah. <laughs> we're all walking around with it and yep. don't know that we're doing it. Um. Okay, what am I, your question is, repeat the question again. I guess just like any wisdom that you have for anyone listening who feels like they are in a different body than what is either in their yoga classes or just around them and and how just even, I feel like there is some practice that might not be the actual poses, but just in showing up, um, I don't know, just just the idea of being in a big body or a different body. So being in a larger body, I want people to understand that um, my my weight, my size does not mean that I am unhealthy. It does not mean that I am diabetic or at risk of diabetes. As an African-American woman, my enslaved at my enslaved African ancestors were bred to be large. Hmm. We were bred to be able to work. Okay. So some of this I can't control. Right. Right. Um, And it doesn't mean that I'm making unhealthy choices. And I want those people that are living in larger bodies to understand that give your Give yourself permission to love yourself, you know, Um, stop spending so much time trying to change because once we start to give attention to the parts of ourselves that we dislike, we can start to give ourselves love and compassion. So it's about like cultivating the ground, cultivating the ground to receive love and kindness, compassion more ease, you know, more equanimity, joy. That could be joyful for you if I can if I can love on myself more. I want people to love on themselves more. As someone that lives in a larger body, I can do lots of things. You know, you can do lots of things and don't limit yourself. Take agency over this body and be aware that this is your body. This is your practice. 
own it and show up for yourself. I love that. And I love that you said one of the first things you said was I'm in a big body and I'm healthy. And I think that that's, I think that's where we tell ourselves stories that aren't true, either that you're not healthy because you're in a big body or you can't live healthily for whatever reason. And that, that you need to fix that in some way. And usually when we're in fix it energy, we don't do things like go to yoga and feed our bodies food that it wants and all the things, right? Like we, we usually buff do all sorts of other activities <laughs> to hide the pain. Right. Um, we do, we distract ourselves. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that touched at least a few listeners. <laughs> um, I, I feel like, you know, because my journey into health, um, did involve weight loss. Like I, I feel like I, I try I, for, for a while. I avoided telling that piece of the story because I, that wasn't it. That wasn't even literally, it had nothing to do with the point. It's just like how my body reacted to me actually loving on it finally, <laughs> um, because it wasn't mine to have, right. It, it came on and with me not taking care of my body for a six year period. Um, and so I, I always try to like, so for a while I avoided talking about that, but now I just want us all to have as many real conversations as possible because we all deserve to have energy and we don't need to be sick and, you know, somehow or, or stressed and showing up to yoga, showing being healthy, like no matter what our body is, all of that's possible. And showing up for yourself, you know, yes, yoga is part of it, but show up for yourself. And that's not like saying, you know, if I don't exercise or I didn't eat the right thing, you don't have to beat yourself up, you know? Yeah, you don't have to belittle yourself and say, oh, I need to go work out for two hours because I ate French fries yesterday. Guess what? You probably pooped the French fries out by now. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Well, and also we talk a lot, you know, we talk a lot about self-care around here. And I I try to say as often as possible that like the number one thing about self-care isn't that whole list of all the things you want to do for many people. Yoga might be a part of that. The number one thing is that you're not beating yourself up about anything, because if you have this whole list of things that you want to do that you think are self-care, yet you're beating yourself up every time you make a mistake, that's like literally, you know, negating anything like the best thing we can the best form of self-care is not to beat ourselves up about anything and we're so hard on ourselves we're so hard um one of my teachers said um what did she say she said something about if um if you're if you the things you said to yourself if someone on the street said those to you what would you do you probably, probably like hit them <laughs> would fight them and they would not be your friend. So why do you think your friend wants your body wants to be your friend if all you say all day is why are you why do you look like that? Think about that. 100%. Oh my I God, be I your friend it. too, Mia, and I change for you if I, you start loving on me. So so true. Oh my gosh, I love that visual. All right, do you want to read us a poem? Before we end, until yeah, I, I think I kind of read some of it. I, okay. I, I recited some of it, I think. All right. All right. Invitation to Brave Space by Mickey Scott Bay Jones. Brave Space. 
Together we will create brave space because there is no such thing as a safe space. We exist in the real world. We all carry scars and we have all caused wounds. In this space, we seek to turn down the volume of the outside world. We amplify voices that fight to be heard elsewhere. We call each other to more truth and love. We have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. We have the responsibility to examine what we think we know. We will not be perfect. This space will not be perfect. It will not always be what we wish it to be, but it will be our brave space together. And we will work on it side by side. And I've been using that um, when I come together with people in circle and doing um, ritual work. I love that. And people that weren't turning their cameras on on Zoom are turning their cameras on. Being seen. Being seen. I, I want you to be seen and not feel like because you're fat, you have to hide. Stop hiding. Yep. Yeah, or anything, right? I mean, we all have the things we're judging ourselves for, whether it's around whatever. Like we all have body, whether it's body shame, yes. Yeah. But I, I, I feel that for the larger body people, it's more. We feel like we have to hide. Like yeah. I, I, I don't. Sometimes I have had times in my life where I haven't gone to events because I've gained weight, and I don't want anyone to see me. Hmm. I, sh I have my own struggle with my weight and disordered eating that I'm, I'm constantly in recovery about. Yep. yep. And yoga supports. And yoga is my lifeline. Not only support, <laughs> it's my lifeline. I love it. All right. So we're going to link all your website up in the show notes, but tell us it's lindawells.com. Is that true? No. So you can find me at lindawellnesswarrior.com. Again, it's lindawellnesswarrior.com. And uh, I teach yoga virtually for multiple yoga studios. And for those that are in the Boston, greater Boston area, I teach a Saturday morning summer series. We're celebrating our seventh year of hosting yoga in the park. And it is intergenerational. It's accessible, it's inclusive, and no experience required. And for most of my classes, no experience is required. You just have to show up with the body. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm hoping this inspired a whole bunch of women to just love on themselves just a little bit more. <laughs> so thank Keep you. You're doing great things, people. At the end of every episode, I always share three doable changes because I believe that action is where real change happens. And I don't believe that action has to be big for the change to be big. In fact, I have witnessed over and over again in my own life and in those of all of the amazing Flow 365ers that I work with on a daily basis that actually those little things really do add up and it's hard to see in the moment, but oh my gosh, it's so real when you look back and see what just focusing on one thing at a time, what that creates over time. So I 
highly recommend choosing one doable change a week and just really leaning into it, making it work in your life, making it fit into your day, find the time for it, learn from when you can't make the time for it, and really see how it can work in your life. And if you try and it doesn't work, great, then you've actually tried and you've gotten out of your brain and into action. All right. Here are three doable changes from this episode, from my conversation with the amazing Linda Wells. Number one, try five minutes. It's easy to get stuck in the idea that to do yoga, you need an hour or more to go to class. I used to actually always get teased in my house that I would say I was going to yoga and I would come back hours later, which totally wasn't true, but I guess that's what it felt like to the kids and my husband. Linda says that you can do yoga wherever you are in a few minutes. If you've practiced yoga before, try a breath exercise or a simple pose for five minutes or less. If you've never done yoga, there's so many great online tools. I highly recommend just Googling five-minute practice, and you will get some great YouTube videos. See which ones you like, see which ones you don't, experiment over the course of a week, and really let it either be the energizing start to your day or the winding down piece of your evening. And of course, if you have longer than five minutes, you can spend that too but you don't need an hour and a half. I can say that for sure. All right, number two, stay on your own mat. I love this one. I love the idea of your yoga mat being your space and what's happening off it being someone else's stuff. And that's really yoga as a metaphor for life, right? So what happens if you just keep pulling yourself back into your mat? If you stop worrying about what other people are doing, how you compare, or what they think about you in your life, on your mat, wherever you are, right? You just stay on your mat. You're on your mat, they're on your mat, their mat. I love that analogy for life. All right, doable change number three, Practice coming back. Linda teaches people to come back to your breath, come back to loving your body, come back to saying, hey, I can do this. When you start to get angry or stressed or frustrated, practice coming back, practice coming back to your breath. When you start to get down on yourself, practice loving your body. When you get overwhelmed, come back to, hey, I can do this, or hey, how can I do this? And notice what you're feeling in your body. And then keep practicing coming back, which is all we can really do. I love these three doable changes. Remember, pick one. You can try five minutes, you can stay on your own mat, or you can practice coming back. And then you can build them over the coming weeks. Remember, if you loved this episode, if you've loved any of the episodes you've been listening to, Go leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps this podcast reach more people, so we're really appreciative of all the reviews. And in fact, if you do it during the months of May and June, we will enter you into winning some of these amazing prizes that we are giving away as I introduce you to my teachers. So make sure to go do that. It will count as sort of extra entries into this these giveaways. So go leave that review if you haven't. And thank you so much in advance. And hopefully I will see you over on Instagram to talk about your yoga practice. All right, I'll see you soon. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at HealthyMomsMeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.